0: Frank uh, said that he thought we would say exactly the same things but maybe using a slightly um, different vocabulary and uh, I'm really not sure that we're gonna say anything on the same planet let alone the same universe Um, but I trust him so um, (laughs) I'm Mary Hancock and I'm the associate director for educational technology services at UC Berkeley Um, for a little context uh, both uh, Judy and Ben have introduced you to some of the work that we're doing. Um, and uh, I want to give you a little context of where we are in the institution. Uh, we are uh, on the academic side. We report into the Vice Provost for Undergraduate Education. Um, and we partner with our technology group Uh, on a lot of the work that we do as well as other places across campus um, such as the registrar and and the library. But we think this is a very important place for us to be uh, in terms of our uh, relationship to our faculty and our students and staying very focused on teaching and learning even though we are uh, instructional technology. So let's see. Um, so, uh, where are we starting? This, this uh, session is we're supposed to be st- uh, talking about uh, next steps and uh, efficiencies um, and collaboration. So, first off, where are we starting from? UC Berkeley has about 10,000 hours of media, both video <coughs> and audio. Um, this year alone, we had about 10.6 million uh, downloads. Um, And that translates into about 215 (laughs) courses and about 350 events. Um, That goes back, we have Clinton, Carter, Michael Pollan, they're in our events world. Um, Dan Coleman from the (coughs) Open Culture blog um, claims that UC Berkeley has the most extensive collection of educational podcasts out there. Um, I don't know if this is true. Uh, He says it is, and so um, I believe him. And uh, we get countless fan mail from all over the world. And just to give you a highlight of some of this and the different areas that people are telling us that we're impacting their lives, um, we have people who are using this to enhance uh, their current uh, learning. We have people who are using it for lifelong learning. We have, uh, uh, this is another example of lifelong learning, but here's perhaps an idea about how these business models start to grow out. Um, Somebody who's watching the lecture, but actually saying, well, I'm gonna go buy your book now because you're stimulating my thinking and I like what you're saying. Uh, Here's a correction. Somebody who's closer to the source of what this faculty member was talking about says, I like what you're saying, thank you so much for these lectures, but uh, here's a little correction for you. So this idea of global feedback Um, And then people who don't have the opportunity. We talk more about them, but I think that there's really a wide range of people out there who are taking advantage of this. And then there is, of course, who is not reflected here, the students uh, at UC Berkeley, which is really the impetus for why we're doing this to begin with. So as we look toward the next steps, um, these are some of the questions that we ask ourselves and we ask you. How can we do more of this better? We've had a lot of feedback from students in several different reports of late that say uh, their number one um, want from us is to have more media, more podcasts, and more webcasts made available. So how can we do more of that? How can we we make it better? Um, How can we make access easier for people? How can we make sure that they find us? Um, How can we take what we're doing and help other schools uh, if, if other schools want help when we have to discover these things, we have to talk to you guys, um, and how can we take what you're doing and uh, use that uh, and leverage that to, to help what we're doing? How can we make the content and context more meaningful? Judy talked a little bit about that. And then looking out at all of the innovation uh, that we've seen today from the institutions and from uh, the Web 2.0 world, Uh, as well as uh, our uh, sort of sister organizations out there. Um, How can we leverage that innovation within our institution? Uh, We get pretty wrapped up in the concept of enterprise, and uh, I think you've heard from us the issues of scalability, sustainability, Um, and uh, we take that pretty seriously, but we also take innovation and um, providing real meaningful teaching and learning seriously as well. Some of the barriers uh, that we're facing, Um, Currently, uh, I think that both internally and externally, we're looking at a patchwork quilt solution. Right now, internally, we grew up out of a research organization. We did a great job scaling that out, um, and Obi is responsible for a lot of that wonderful work. Um, But we're at a point now, if we want to do more, we have to make it really scalable. And, uh, And I'll talk more about that later. But also, when I look out and I see, look at all of these great tools out there, Um, Each one has something that I want. Each one overlaps in some way. It's a patchwork quilt. How do we make this something meaningful for our users? Um, The costs of the the vendor solutions are often um, uh, uh, unachievable for higher ed. Um, Proprietary code, we can't integrate. Um, How do we get past that? Uh, We need a solid foundation. So can we build a foundation and have a flexible tool set? Where do we go for that? Um, And the other systems aren't built to play. Uh, There's also barriers around culture and people. Um, You know, people are overloaded with information. So they don't want us to make one more problem for them. How do we make it easier? Uh, They have technology overhead. They don't know what this is all about. Why is it open? We have to educate them. Um, And we have to help students And users, viewers, people who are learning from our materials, make sense of it, which means context. How do we provide context in this world? And of course, deal with the IP, and many of you have already touched on that um, today and yesterday. So sticking with our principles, I think staying focused is really important, um, and we've done a good job of that at at Berkeley, and um, I think that uh, we've had help from the larger uh, direction of of, uh, higher ed Uh, in the recent years, so we have to make things scalable. We just know we do. So uh, how can we make things reproducible? How can we ensure quality and reproduce quality? How can we ensure that we can get things into classrooms, all classrooms? Um, How can we scale it out to the campus? And in fact, how can we scale it out to higher ed? How do we make things that don't just meet our needs? I mean, we are driven by our needs, but how do we make it so that you can use it? And how do you make something so that I can use it? And then, of course, it has to be sustainable. How can I say goodbye to Mellon and say goodbye to Hewlett and, uh, and let my campus know that we're not going to walk away when that funding leaves and say, sorry faculty, we can't keep that going. So it has to be something, it has to be a system that we can nurture, feed, and be responsive to. And hopefully it's not just us alone. And then this is the most important thing here. It has to be something that's growable. This has to be an ecosystem, some sort of framework that we build upon. It has to be open, and we have to be able to have partners. So, you know, my call uh, to action is open, open, open. you know, to me, it's got to be open content as much as possible within reason, Um, open code, uh, and open community. Uh, And I think that it was Brian who said that it's not necessarily an either or. It's not black or white. You can't say vendors can't play in this game. Uh, you can't say there's no profit. Um, but we have to find, the where are those open gateways where we can talk to each other across the board? So why open? Um, because, well, let me stop here. Let me, let me say in full disclosure that uh, I am uh, also on the Sakai Foundation board, and I've been on the board for three years. Uh, very Six months into the project, uh, I joined. Um, I'm also the co-PI on another uh, community source project called Fluid, Um, so you kind of know where I'm coming from in this. Um, So with open, I think that you have to give a lot. It's not free, um, but you get more than a lot. And I think we're starting to see the fruits of this in some of the community source efforts and definitely in the open source efforts like Apache that that have been out there and are starting to mature. Um, and then, uh, this is probably what the one value statement I'll make, which is that I think open content deserves open systems. It uh, is going to create some, an ecosystem that um, we can really start to see this content become a two-way or three-way, multi-way street, um, rather than something where it gets caught in its little silo. I think the archivists here all talked about their problems around those silos, and we need to break down those silos. Um, and then open community. I think open community builds better processes I think it creates a better experience and I think it provides more opportunity. Um, As long as we all live in our little institutions and our organizations, um, we can't learn from each other. Our developers can't learn from each other and um, we we don't have that that opportunity to, to scale up what we're doing and expand our thinking. So I'm not gonna spend a lot of time convincing you about open content. I think you know why why it's a good thing to do. I think thinking about it from the student's perspective, from the learner's perspective, and then from the faculty perspective, some things just about the fact that there is a lot of content and the fact that when things are open, we can find it, if we can find it, um, that engaging with more content, and then especially with the, the, the new community and collaboration tools, by engaging with more people, um, we're going uh, to extend, uh, extend our knowledge um, even farther and innovate faster. I think the, the challenges there are we've got a lot of content out there and uh, knowledge doesn't exist in a, in a vacuum, so how do we provide the right context for students and for people who are learners? Um, how do we uh, harvest things across these different partners? Um, And then, how do we uh, really uh, educate and advocate for this Um, to the highest levels of our administrations, um, down to uh, our our faculty and students and people who are contributing their content back? And, And I do mean students, because students are developing this content as well, often within an authenticated environment, but I think we're going to start seeing that break out. Or in a completely informal environment like YouTube, and then how does that come back in, and can that enhance our teaching and learning? Um, Open source. Um, The open source benefits that I've seen um, uh, across the Sakai community are huge. Uh, I think that with with the people in-house, if you're thinking like an administrator, um, uh, you can leverage the skills of people uh, across the community. You can help them to mentor your own staff. And then your staff can grow by mentoring (laughs) others. Uh, You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Uh, You learn more by actually seeing the workings of things. Uh, you change your mind sometimes. And then by sharing common frameworks I think we can actually build uncommon applications. Um, I think as long as we're reinventing the frameworks every time we're going to sit there and we're never really going to touch people and we're really not going to make a difference. So let's get the framework out and then work on the applications, work on the things that are really going to touch people. And that's why we're spending so much time working around this framework, building the right foundation being part of Fluid, being part of Sakai, so that then we can come up and we can really impact lives. Um, you can also share support and costs. That's a big issue. Uh, and there are now successful business models mil- building around this. So that's that issue of we're breaking down barriers between uh, the commercial world and uh, and the world of higher ed. Um, so built to, to open frameworks. Um, Here's my really pretty architectural diagram. That was a joke. There's no architecture involved here at all. This is trying to show a little bit of somewhat of the, the, the uh, creative chaos that can happen in a, a community source, but also uh, the the opportunity. So you can see um, kind of oh, over here all of. Um, these different tool sets that are being built into the Sakai uh, collaboration and learning environment as we speak, those little olive arrows are showing all those services, those tools talking to each other. So as we start to work on building uh, our re-architected systems app into that world um, and then starting to come down. So a systems app is really in a way for us, right? It's the architecture, it's what allows us to systematize and automate a lot of the work that we're doing. And then maybe if you adopt Sakai and you want to do this, you can use that, a lot of workflow engines, uh, scheduling engines, things like that. And then on top of that, we start to come out and touch the customer a lot more uh, in ways that they see, webcast content management, webcast learning tools, and thinking about what those interactions are. Instead of reinventing the wheel around how you might um, study with something, well, we already have a wiki. So how do we build in those interactions inside of that environment? The students are already in that context. The faculty are already in that context. Let's make their lives easier. And then we've got our dotted line and all of these great things that are going on out there. We've started to partner with Google and with Apple. They're really going to help us along the way in a lot of ways. We touch more people because of those partnerships. Now the question to us is, look at all of these things. How can we leverage what they have done? Can we? We don't know. We don't know. But that's a big question. So the whole world of interoperability is uh, is on our mind a lot. Um, so in terms of open community, there's more and more of this. Um, in a way, you know, I I went out and I got all of these different logos. Really, it is one community. Um, you know, Sakai sort of started along as a community source. Kawali came along and learned from what we were doing. Fluid is now learning from what both those organizations are doing. Um, we're seeing more and more overlap between those and the OpenCourseWare uh, community and OSP, obviously, is on top of that. Um, so I think that what, what we're really um, uh, trying to do in this area is say that when you come together around a meaningful practice, you can make a meaningful community. As long as we're just out there saying, oh yeah, you're doing something cool, but I can't really touch that, and I'm doing something really cool, but you can't touch what I'm doing, um, we can't have a meaningful relationship except to say, "If this is, this is an idea. If we come together around meaningful practice, then we can start to make impact happen. So some of the next steps, um, you'll see my four, uh, my four uh, top bullets there, alignment. Um, so uh, this is looking at alignment. Uh, across the the organization, the institution that you're in. I wanted to show a quick video of something that just hit the press. Um, so I'm going to switch to this that uh, uh, came out from ABC. Am I switched? Okay. Um, and just to show uh, what, what I sort of consider Alignment with the administration, making sure that they're there supporting this. Now, we started really in a grassroots way with um, a baseline of administrative support, and I think we've grown up to a place where they really get it. In fact, to the point that they don't question. When sometimes we come to them and we say, well, we want to we do creative commons, and we go through all the law stuff, and, of course, you have to talk to the attorneys, and it's um, a little bit of a pain around that, and it takes a long time. But when we go to the administration, they kind of go, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 just bring that over to us, we'll, we'll sign that. Um, you know, we want to join the Courseware Consortium. There's, you know, meaning behind this collaboration. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. So, um, but it took a while, it took a while. So I'm going to play this real quick. Deep in our core, deep in our bones is the sense that we are an institution responsible to the people and getting back to society is what we're about. Of course what you don't get in the free internet lectures is personal interaction with a professor or college credits for taking a class. What you do get is a chance to learn from experts who are at the top of their field. And I think this is the, the future of the world for people to be educated, to know what is true and what isn't, so that they want to put in their energy on those things that are important. Edvard? So that was, that was our vice provost for undergraduate education and then one of our, our, uh, our faculty who has been doing this for a while. He gets tons of fan letters and he's quite an evangelist. And we started to target faculty to really um, be spokespeople for us. And what we find is that they have incredible passion for it. Um, And as we start to think about expanding, we want to tap them more to send that message out to more of our faculty so that they can take advantage of this. Um, So uh, alignment, tearing down institutional boundaries, libraries, um, other parts of the organization, so that you can work in a matrixed way. You don't have to re, you know, do it all yourself. We have a lot under the same roof, but um, we uh, rely heavily on our partners. And having your partners believe in your mission is very important also. Um, and then also, the, the, I think playing nice with others um, uh, while embracing a networked environment is kind of a, a very important thing, right? We don't have to own everything. It doesn't all have to be this monolithic enterprise. Um, So let's figure out how to be in a networked environment Um, and there's a lot of technical ways of of working on that or architectural ways but um, I think it's also a good uh, principle. Um, So I think ways that we can uh, uh, really work together is is look for ways of funding the greater good Um, and some of that is investing from our institutions at the foundational level and looking for funders to help us. uh, really start to push things on the innovation, teaching, and learning side. Um, helping fund collaboration costs. Collaboration is expensive. Um, helping, make, helping us with documentation so we can share. That's always a big cost uh, to Community Source. And then uh, do some implementation mentoring. How are you doing this? How are we doing this? And actually getting out to the, each institution and helping you through that. And that's something that Community Source has been especially good at. So I'll end there. Thanks.